0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex with Lex. Let's change the way we talk about money. I'm your host, Alex, and what's up? Happy Tuesday. I hope everyone's having a great day so far. I'm not going to lie, at the time of this recording, it is 11.33 p.m., Monday, April 19th, so um, this podcast should have been recorded, but this weekend was a little bit crazy for me just because I started to do shipped again so if you were listening to me back in the summer um, like last summer you would know that I was doing shipped um, pretty regularly um, just to earn some extra income and um, I was actually making pretty good money from it but I um, I stopped once we moved out to the suburbs just because we had a lot going on and when I did try and pick it back up in in October November the pay rates and everything just was not worth it for me like literally I was just like I'm I'm getting paid basically eight dollars like for a pickup or for a delivery like not worth my time but um, my sisters and my cousins we are planning a trip and I really want to go on that trip but i was like um i need money to fund said trip because i don't want to get off track with my student loans so i redownloaded the shipped app and i um did it on saturday and sunday and i made about 200 bucks almost like 170 to be exact and so i don't think that was bad for for a couple of hours um it was enough to basically cover my a, a large portion of like my um my like accommodation so hopefully I'll be able to do this for the next couple of months to put aside some money say for the trip maybe even use some of that money to further along these debt payments who knows but yeah so I'm doing that for right now um I was really thinking I'm like man I cannot wait for my money to work for me um in a sense of like I just can't wait to start investing like I know you guys have heard me say this like so many times before but like the next chapter of like my financial journey is investing um i think working is the ghetto and i really just want to learn how to invest and make my money go further and work for like work for me you know what i mean so that'll be an exciting time but for right now i'm just doing shib just trying to you know every dollar is important it counts um let's see what else do i have to say Hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So we are at thirteen thousand dollars with my student loans. So we're we're right there, seventy percent done. We're getting close to the finish line. That's you know really really exciting. And actually. Um, over the last week, I've had two different people reach out to me and just say thank you for, you know, having this platform, doing this podcast because you're encouraging me or actually um someone told me that I that they've been low key following my journey for a little bit and um I inspired them to get their loans out of default. They're like, "You made me realize it wasn't as scary as I thought it was." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is literally like the best thing that anyone could have ever told me because this is why I i share my story this is what i do it for um just to let you guys know that like money doesn't have to be scary and when you know better you do better so the whole goal is just to you know learn the fundamentals of money so that you can be a better handler of your money really essentially so um yeah thank you guys honestly from like the bottom of my heart thank you for listening thank you for encouraging me honestly these last like geez like two two and a half years you guys have really kept me motivated on my debt journey because of you know messages that I get like these and um because I'm so open I almost feel like you guys hold me accountable it's like I have to make these loan payments I need to you know hit these goals because it's like I'm talking about it I don't want you know people to be like what the heck like what happened Alex like you're on fire and now you're not so thank you guys you guys are the reason that this podcast exists you guys are the reason why I feel like I'm so motivated to get rid of this debt because I want to be able to show you guys like what is next like what does life after debt looks like and I'm really excited to show you guys that all right so I'm not gonna lie I was really busy this weekend, as you know, with shipped. so I didn't get a chance to plan out an episode like I normally would have. My planning schedule for these episodes are, you know, I spend the week kind of brainstorming. and then Saturday I'll sit down, plan out my episode, Sunday I record. Um, if I feel like editing on Sunday, I'll edit, but if not, I'll do it on Monday. And then upload it for it to go out on Tuesday. Well, I did not plan out my episode, and I don't want to give you guys a half-baked episode because that's not fair to you guys. So um, today's episode, so today's episode is actually a rerun. Um, it is with Ali Melito. She is a Market Watch reporter, and we're talking all things retirement because honestly, the goal here is to grow old. Let's just face it. And you need money when you're old. So I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you guys or not see you guys, but I'll talk to you guys later.
1: So my name is Alessandro Molito. I am the retirement reporter at MarketWatch, where I cover just about anything that falls under that topic. That could be um, Social Security, 401Ks, pensions, healthcare care in uh, old age, and
0: living the
1: life that you want, and just going after the dreams that you you have for yourself in your older age.
0: Awesome. So before we jump into the questions, I do just want to ask, how did you... Um, start to cover, like, retirement pieces and write about it?
1: Yeah, so I originally uh, was covering personal finance at MarketWatch, which is just basically anything that you could think of. That if it has to do with your wallet, I covered it. Um, and then for – somehow I started writing about – first it was studies about retirement, then it was talking to people about their, their goals and how they wanted to live in retirement. And then I knew half of the stories that I was writing – on a weekly basis, were about something to do with retirement. So eventually, my bosses were like, Noah, go ahead, make this your beat, because it was something that I was very passionate about, and I loved the fact that I was able to talk to not just my parents and the grandparents, but I could also talk to my friends, because even though, obviously, from the sound of my voice, you could probably tell I am not near retirement yet, <laughs> um, it is something that we do have to think about as a young generation. Uh, because it's changed dramatically for us, and I
0: just love that I could talk to my friends about that. As a retirement retirement reporter, you obviously like like you said like talk to a lot of people about retirement, whether you know they're about to retire or or if that's something that's you know like twenty years down the line, thirty years down the line for them. So I want to know if you've noticed any um, trends in regards to millennials and retirement.
1: So there are three trends that stick out to me the most. The first is the fact that a lot of millennials say that they cannot save for retirement. Um, This is something that I hear a lot. And actually, I wrote an article. I had done a series a few years ago called Money Milestones where I looked at how much you should save for retirement at various stages of your life. So I did the ages, like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I think the sixties and seventies also, and then I also like if you, you know, how to save for retirement. If you bought a home, how to save for retirement, or how much to save for retirement. If you have a family, um, and the one that was about the thirties apparently struck a chord <laughs> with a lot of uh, people on Twitter. So um, there is one line in the article that Marco Watch tweeted that basically said, "Fidelity Investments suggested that you save." That you will be okay in retirement if you save twice your salary by age 35 so um that you know MarketWatch watch tweeted that one line and everybody i guess not everybody read the whole story <laughs> um and they got very very mad it lasted for weeks, week so <laughs> um, i was getting angry tweets about how like how dare i write that because they can't pay for retirement, let alone save that much for retirement. And, uh, people, even like companies were like joking. It became a meme. People were saying by 35 and they were like saying these ridiculous things that, you know, people can't accomplish by 35 mm-hmm. or ever. Like, you know, like I will go to the Death Star by age 35, something like that. <laughs> so, um, it became a, a big thing, but I talked to some of the, the people who tweeted at me and a lot of the millennials that I spoke to said that they have a lot of financial obligations, that they just can't save for retirement. Like, it's not a priority for them. A lot of them said that they have a lot of financial obligations that keep them from saving for retirement. Retirement's just not a priority because it's far down the line. They have to think about some of the short-term things, like, for example, student loan debt, which is, uh, you know, crippling, or or child care. Maybe they, they have kids of their own and they need to help. Obviously, kids are expensive. They need to pay for their care. Or they have to help their parents um pay for you know health costs or something like that or they live in new york city and rents are ridiculously high and they don't make enough to pay for rent and food and utilities and life and also pay for retirement um, so a lot of people in the younger generations do not believe that they could save for retirement so that's one trend the second is they don't think that they will get any social security benefits when they retire that's a huge thing people joke about it all the time like oh. Um, I keep paying into Social Security, but I'm going to do zero dollars when I get there. Um, that's not true, by the way. That is a very bad myth that goes around. Uh, it is true that Social Security as a whole is um, not doing so hot. If nothing is done legislatively um, by 2035, the two trust funds that support the system will run out of money. But so when that happens, Social Security will just rely on tax revenue. So you will see a reduction in benefits, but you won't. It's not like your your benefit will disappear. It'll uh-huh. be about eighty percent of what you're supposed to be getting. But Congress has never let Social Security fail, so politicians and legislators and everybody else they do think that something's going to be done. They just are probably going to wait till the last minute to do it, and so that means that millennials will get Social Security. <laughs> and the third, I would say, is just a change in the way that they approach retirement. So our grandparents, maybe even our parents, when they thought of retirement, they thought of hitting 65, calling it quits, and retiring to Florida or some local beach. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials don't feel that way. A lot of millennials are a part of this, not, I mean, a lot, but not like majority, just some people are interested in financial independence. And there's this movement called FIRE, yes. which is Financial Independence Retire Early. And basically, you live frugally. you pay only for the necessities and what you want, and you try to cut back on everything else, and you invest really, like you strategize how to invest, you take on a lot of side gigs, and then you retire in your 40s or even earlier for some people. So um, obviously, that is not a majority of people. Not everybody does that or wants to do that, but that is something that has become very popular among younger generations.
0: Yes, I've definitely been hearing and seeing a lot um, of people like just talk about or join the fire, the fire movement. And it's, it's kind of crazy how they're able to just scale back so much, but it's also awesome to see them like, you know, quote unquote, retiring at like 35, 40 and, you know, doing what they're actually passionate about instead of being like chained to a job that they hate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really cool. I I love writing about it, and I love talking to people
0: about what they do. Um, it's just it's just an amazing uh, amazing and, and completely different lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned um, how a lot of millennials, let's just say, may live in New York City, and where we rent is astronomical, the cost of living is just crazy. How can people? Well, how can millennials, and um, specifically, be able to put something away for retirement? Because even though you know, like you said, social security isn't going isn't isn't going to go away completely. Um, I personally, I don't think it'll be enough for someone to you know live off of. So, making sure that you have a, that you have a retirement account is important. So, what are some ways that you know millennials can start? To save um, for retirement without feeling like they're spread way too thin.
1: Absolutely, and Social Security also just you know to note should not be something that you rely on as a hundred percent of your retirement income. It should really be like a supplement to other retirement savings and sources of income in retirement. So that's a great point. Um, I would say if you do feel um, pressed for cash, um, starting small is Just is a great way to develop a habit. So, uh, not all companies, but but a lot of the big ones, they offer four hundred one k plans, and um, those are obviously employer-sponsored retirement accounts that are linked through your paycheck. Um, You can do automatic contribution, which means that the company will automatically take a piece of your a percentage of your paycheck and put it into an account. So, if you you, financial advisors typically they suggest that you put away 10 to 15%, which is you know, a decent chunk of change. And not a lot of people can do that. If you are somebody who can't do that, don't worry. Don't feel ashamed. That's one of the problems with personal finance conversations. A lot of times people get, um, they feel shame because of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something that you can't do, what you can do is some sort of, make a minimum for yourself. So a lot of people won't get the minimum of whatever the employer matches if their company offers an employer match, which also not a lot of companies, not all companies do, but you're lucky if you have that. Um, the average employer match is probably around 3 or 4%, so you can do that. And it's great because then you get extra money. Your company will match all or a portion of whatever that percentage is that they sell you. If that's something that you can't do, then still, don't, don't worry, do maybe 1% or 2%. You also will not feel it as much as you might think you do. The contribution would be pre-tax, which means that it won't be as heavy of a deduction in your paycheck as you might think. But still, faring small, that's one thing. If you, if you don't have the ability to do that, then make a hard goal for yourself to find a way to do that in the next maybe six months or so. Mm-hmm. And that could be something like tearing down um, other bills that you have a lot of times and I am somebody who has done this in the past as well, I signed up for a few subscriptions, and then I end up not using some of them, and I'm still char- I'm still paying for it. So you can comb through your credit card statements and see if there's anything that you are paying for that you actually don't care about or you don't even use or you don't even know that you're being charged for, and that could free up maybe, I don't know, $20, $30, $40. Well, then why not put that towards your 401k or some other retirement account you already don't feel it because you don't see that money and it could be used to you know go away each month for your retirement
0: I love that I definitely agree I know for me personally like my husband and I so we're trying to pay off all of our um, like student loan debt so we've paid off his and now we're working on mine so the way we've kind of decided to do things is that I don't have a retirement account but he does so at first I was like maybe you should stop contributing to your retirement account so we're able to put even more money towards our debt and so we did that for about a month and then afterwards I was like honestly we weren't even feeling it when your money was going into your retirement account so let's just turn that back on and like let's just deal with like the money that we get and your that we get with like your paycheck every you know every two weeks or so so yeah so I definitely think like the point is is just to start even if you feel like you can't start just try to like like you said comb through your expenses and see oh Like, I haven't been to the gym in, like, six months. I don't think I'm ever going to use this membership. I like hiking anyway. So um, I do want to ask, what about the person whose employer doesn't offer a 401k? How can they still make sure that they're contributing to to a retirement account?
1: Obviously, one of the most popular vehicles for saving for retirement is a 401k. But as you said, that's not always available for people. Unfortunately, too many people don't have access to a 401k. So if... You are somebody like that. You don't have to worry. You could still open up an account like an IRA. There are two forms of IRAs. There's a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. So the traditional account, you put money in pre-tax, and then eventually you'll be taxed on that when you do take it out in retirement. And a Roth IRA, you contribute after-tax money. So when you do get to retirement and you're ready to withdraw, you're actually not paying any more taxes. It's already done. So that's one thing. Another is just a regular taxable investment account. You can find those at most financial institutions as well as online. There are various financial investment firms that are online. Only a popular one is like Betterment. There's also Robinhood, I believe, and Acorns. There, there are a bunch. Then if you want to do something a little different, so you have extra cash, you can open up an HSA. So that's a health savings account health savings account is, as the name implies, for health care purposes, but a lot of people use it as a retirement vehicle. That is something that you would most likely have to get through an employer, and the only downside to that for some people is that it's tied to a high deductible plan, which means that you know it's a little more expensive in the beginning, but it does give you the ability to save in uh, HSA, which has triple tax benefits, but you contribute the money tax-free, it's Growth tax-free and you can withdraw it tax-free if you use it for qualified medical expenses and you can save that money in that account until you get to retirement which is when you are most likely to spend a lot of money on health care
0: oh wow so for the hsa it can only be used for health related health related things like you can't take money out of it and like buy a new car when you're in like retirement with it right
1: Meant just for health care expenses but people use it as a retirement savings vehicle because of the fact that um, health care is expensive I mean it's expensive all the time mm-hmm. but especially in uh, uh, retirement
0: I know that you talk to all kinds of different people in your line of work so do you find that older generations use their children as like a quote-unquote retirement plan because i know a lot of millennials feel some sort of a responsibility to take care of their parents because maybe you know they may may be like the first in their family to get a college degree therefore being a higher earner than their parents um or something like that so what what have you seen as far as like you know parents children and you know retirement like what what's that dynamic like the thing with
1: families when it comes to money it can be very messy um Sometimes, it, from what I've seen, sometimes it is a younger person who feels that they need to take care of their parents, and then there are times where parents are, the, are actually the ones who are risking their retirement security for their kids. Also, what's becoming problematic for many generations is they're becoming the sandwich generation. I know a lot of people think millennials are like 20-somethings, but they're, you know, they're people who are in their 20s, they're people who are in their 30s. Some, I think, have even hit 40. It depends on, like, what year you think millennials start. Either way, they are at that age where they might have kids of their own and also have parents that they need to take care of. So the key is to really have open discussions with your family members. Um, Of course, I have heard of situations where millennials are, even when they're, like, still... In school, they're taking care of their parents, like helping out at home with the finances. Um, but really, um, it's, just, it's a very personal situation. And I've heard all sorts of scenarios where um, parents are taking out of their retirement accounts to pay off student loans for their kids. and uh, Our kids are, are staying at home longer, not necessarily because they want to, but because they have an obligation to help their parents. Pay off like the mortgage or something like that before they uh, move out. The dynamics, the, there are so many. I've heard all sorts of stories.
0: Wow. So, do you think that like the that millennials will be able to kind of break that or, or is it just, you know, how life works? Millennials, I have faith, can break
1: that system, but there's going to have to be like a huge overhaul on how people approach retirement, safer for retirement, and just have some sort of security through various benefits or whatever um, when they get to retirement.
0: Hopefully, you know, just through, like you said, having, like, open discussion, healthy conversations, um, maybe just on an individual level, people are able to kind of make, put themselves in better positions so to where they don't feel the need to, um, you know, take care of their parents or, uh, like, vice versa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to change overnight when you have people talking about retirement on, you know, on social media or around the family table and and all that you are bringing to light the importance of thinking about retirement. Like nobody really wants to think about retirement because, uh, you know, especially for millennials, it's decades away. Some people don't think they're ever going to retire um, I, I talk to people, some of whom are my friends all the time, that they say, like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to work until, you know, the end, yeah. <laughs> which is morbid, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, at least it's a conversation, and it, it does open up people's eyes to think, like, okay, well, what does it take for me to retire? Like, if I had a dream for retirement, like, you know, whether that be, you know, living on a beach or, um, like, starting a new business or something like that, like, what would that look like? Um and when you open those convers- when you open your eyes to those conversations, um, change is inevitable. So um it's definitely gonna take some time and a lot of conversations, but I do think it's possible.
0: Definitely. So um I do just wanna ask. So like you said, like a lot of a lot of millennials are like, I'm going to basically work until I die. Like I can't ever see myself uh, retiring but what about age discrimination in the workplace like it's um it's obvious that some places of work definitely cater to a I guess younger workplace work environment so I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on like age discrimination in the workplace but also millennials basically saying uh I'm not retiring, I'm just gonna like work forever.
1: Yeah, so age discrimination in the workplace is very real and that's unfortunate of course. It. It's also very real in the hiring process and actually it's really disheartening to hear these stories but people say like that they don't get jobs because of their age, you know, when they get older, they're being um, aged out even of the hiring, like the applications. And it's hard to prove that. So there are a lot of like legal issues there. What's nice to know is that there are some companies who, or some companies that um, they like to merge different generations, which is nice because you have uh, the older generations that can teach younger generations from their experience. And then you have younger generations that might be more savvy in a specific area and they can share that wisdom with the older generation. So that is happening, which is fantastic. Keep in mind that you should, like, never stop learning because there will come a time when you do get older and you are close to retirement and you might feel that you are too old to be in a job, but you don't have to be too old to be in a job. Like, there's no reason for that discrimination.
0: No, definitely. I I love that. Never keep, never stop learning. Like, always learn, guys. Do you think that it's wise for someone to dip into their retirement account to pay off debts, or what about you know pausing their retirement to pay off debt? Like like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, so I would say that for most situations, I would not suggest taking money out of a retirement account um, for things like student loans or or, or whatever. I wouldn't suggest that. Um, there are unfortunately situations that you don't expect where you do need to take money out of a retirement account. Um, you know a terrible emergency or or family, uh, a death or or a sickness or something like that. And you can't really avoid that. But for the most part, the goal, I would say, is to try not to take money out of a retirement account. Think of that as money that you are just not supposed to touch.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And granted, with various uh, accounts, there are exceptions to withdrawal penalties. So like most times, you can't just take money out of a retirement account. You're going to be penalized for it and you're going to be taxed on it. But there are situations where you are allowed to, and you can talk to your employer or the financial institution to figure out when those situations arise. But um, if you can avoid that, that would be good. The problem is when you start taking money out of a retirement account to pay pay off like a student loan or credit card debt, you are stunting the growth of your account, which means that you will have less in retirement. Um, the beauty of retirement savings for millennials is because they are so young to have time on their side and accounts grow with compound interest. So that's when, you know, the money that you put in and the interest and, like, the investment gains, they're growing on top of each other. So every time you add more money every month or every year, um, it's all growing on top of each other and snowballing. Um, which is fantastic. Now, if you were to stop um, stop putting money in, you're stunting the growth. When you take money out, you're really stunting the growth because now you're lowering the potential gains that you can receive by keeping your money in that account and letting it grow. Don't choose one over the other because you would hurt yourself. Like, if you wait, if you keep paying student, down, uh, student loans down uh, and you don't put anything towards retirement, and you have to wait a few years or even longer until you can start saving for retirement, you are killing the compound interest that a lot of millennials benefit from.
0: So um, as we wrap up here, I just want to ask, is, is there one piece of advice in regards to invest uh, investing or like, or uh, opening up a retirement account that you wish you had known?
1: I have been very lucky to have mentors in the, in the form of parents and family members and uh, hiring managers who have always guided me um, down the right path when it came to my retirement savings. Like, I remember my first big job, I sat down with the HR person, and she was like, you know what, uh, do you want to open up a 401k? And I'm like, yeah. And she told me, okay, well, you should do 10 to 15%, which is something that a lot of HR people, I don't think they tell employees when they're starting out. I don't think they say, like, 10 to 15%, but she was talking like a financial advisor, and so, so in that case, I have been very lucky, but I think that's something a lot of people get wrong. A lot of, like, friends of mine talk to me about this, too, and, of course, um, others for articles that I write. They just think that they have to wait to save for retirement. They think, like, they're not in the situation to do so. And so that I would say even putting away, like, 10 bucks is so much better than putting away zero dollars. And you might think like $10 a month is ridiculous to invest for retirement. But honestly, I would say that it is an incredibly um, beneficial action to take because say you do feel completely strapped and you are putting $10 away, you might realize that that $10 doesn't really hurt you. And then uh, maybe in like a couple months, you're like, you know what, that $10 really doesn't hurt. I could put $20. And you're building this habit. And then eventually when you do hit the big bucks, because you will hit the big bucks, you can put hundreds of dollars away. And it won't hurt. And you won't really think like, oh, my God, I can't put that much money away. Because you've already been doing it for the past couple of months and the past couple of years. Like nothing is too small. No percentage is too small. um, And just start where you're at. and and work to improve it over time, whether that's next month, next year, or in the next five years.